spot, put it in park, here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, Bush. Deaver, you and I are a little muffed right now, man. We're, oh. we're doing social distancing well. You're like a foot away from me. Your face is really close. But we're using we the mask. We should probably take the masks off, right? Probably take the mask off, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably do the mask off, yeah. We're just, That's better. We're just practicing proper social distancing techniques, um, safely podcasting uh, from about a thousand miles away here in Florida. Uh, what's going on, man? What's new? Nothing much, man. Things are going pretty well. Uh, on the Feed the Frontline front, everything's going really well, man. Uh, donations are going well. We crossed over the $1,000 threshold for the Amazing. first time. Uh, we donated about $200 to Upper Crust. We donated $400 to Coyote Crossing, and we're about to donate again back to Upper Crust to go to Virtua Voorhees this time. So obviously all you guys saw on the Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Venmo even chipped in. Deez, you want to talk about that? That's sick. Pretty amazing that uh, Venmo, who is uh, part part of PayPal, like one of the largest, you know, one of the most, one of the larger financial in- institutions now in the world, right? I mean, this new age money sharing app found us and donated to our cause. Just Amazing, because we use their platform as as our main. Now, Bush, do, do you know? Uh, for a second, I, I thought, do you know how they found us? For a second, I thought they found us because maybe they were looking into us, like we were doing something shady. I mean, we had all these transactions taking place over a co- co- course of a couple days. We already had like a thousand dollars in this, like, you know, this charity account. But did they think we were doing something shady on the side? Yeah, I honestly think that. Well, there was two options. It was either what you just said or. My brother Venmoed and said, feed the front line, and then did hashtag Venmo it forward. And I honestly right. think that is how they found it. They probably looked through and saw, hey, what's this? And then they saw that hundreds of people from all right. different places Venmoed this one account. And we're like, oh, okay, feed the front line. That's cool. They didn't get tipped off by the FDIC or the, the FBI or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buddy Kevin Gray's in the FDIC. He's like, yeah, you should probably tap into these guys. Take a look. <laughs> Hey, feed the front line. Yeah, going going great. Uh, you'll see announcements coming shortly on our social feeds of those new drop off locations, um, the small businesses that we're supporting, you guys are supporting, and our frontline workers that we're feeding. Uh, again, virtual Mount Holly uh, was very very receptive and thank you know and really appreciates what you guys did um, last week. And we have a couple more amazing ones here in the near future. Bush, just before we got on to uh, to record, I got a call and just want to apologize to everybody that listened to episode 33. Uh, first off, thank you for listening to episode 33. Uh, then I want to apologize. DJ Nader, uh, our producer, called just before we hopped on the record and said, you better make sure the audio is crispy. So apologies <laughs> to anybody who listened to the last episode. What's up, guys? This is DJ Nader. I uh, just want to show you guys a quick clip of uh, FaceTime between me, Deaver, and Bush right before we recorded this podcast episode. What's up, Fox? Audio better be crispy before you f***ing start recording that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure to record it. No connection issues. <laughs> it's just it's just us. Do you want to join? No, I'm working right now. But if there's a stutter or any connection issues, <laughs> cut the shit. Get your phones off the wire. Get out of there. I don't care what you got to do. 
Uh, I don't know who had a harder time, you guys listening or Nate trying to cut that up and do as best he could. So uh, thanks, DJ Nader, for uh, for working on 33. And thanks for uh, people fighting through uh, some audio trouble we had on. Thir- you think you think by 33 episodes we figure it out, but we're still learning. Yeah, we, we learn every episode. It was so funny. Right after we had we transferred it over to him, the, the audio file, we get a phone call. And it was one of those. We from, both like, don't parents. answer. Yeah. yeah. Neither was answered. We, were, we looked at it. We were like, yeah, we're going to set that one down for a minute. <laughs> we're just going to let this one simmer off. He calls you. You don't answer. He calls me. I don't answer. He goes in our group chat. He sends five messages in a row. Like, what did you guys do? It was, it was, but we knew we were halfway through a couple of interviews and we just had to rip the bandaid. We just had to keep going. Like there was no stopping. Um, we kind of hope that the audio quality was going to change. And as soon as we press send the transfer to Nate, we're like, here it comes. He's going to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you listened all the way through, it was almost as if we completely forgot how to podcast. We didn't even do an outro. <laughs> we didn't even do an outro. No, no. He, so he ripped us for the, yeah, he ripped us for the, uh, the interview quality, you know, the quality of, of us talking. And then he's like, you guys didn't even say goodbye on this thing. Is this your first one? <laughs> yeah, I that was funny. With my hands. Yeah. Just, all right. Let's get into the, uh, let's get into the NFL chatter. Um, we talked about a couple of new uniforms getting dropped last week. Uh, one that's going to get dropped here in the near future. Again, we're talking the Patriots are coming up, the Rams. But one thing that we've been seeing on Twitter recently is people are hyping up the new Chargers uniforms. Have you seen that? They've had a bunch oh. of players see the uniforms early, either current players or, po- you know, former players, Sean Merriman, um, Antonio Gates, um, Derwin James currently. I've seen the uniforms currently and are just constantly hyping it up. Like these are the best uniforms, like all time. Like they're saying it's all time. Favorite. Like they're the. I don't know what they're going to do to blow us out of the water. The Chargers have pretty, you know, other than color changes, pretty simple classic jerseys. Um, they're they're saying they're going to blow us out of the water. So I'm not sure what they're going to look like, mm-hmm. but they're going to be coming out as. I mean, they're saying they're going to be your favorite jerseys. That's cool, man. And they have the means to do so. I'm I'm biased. You know me. I love blue, white, and yellow. Great but the colors. lightning bolt, too. Great. And the bolt, too. Great yeah. colors. Great yeah. colors. So, Great logo. Mm-hmm. So everything's really tacking up for those jerseys to be, you know, sounding pretty good. I mean, hopefully. So if they think that this is going to be the best jersey of all time, I want to ask you, what is your favorite or your best jersey of all time? You can give me three. Give me one. Mm-hmm. Any sports league. What is your favorite jersey of all time? And you can give me three. Oh, man. I'm so excited. You like this one. I didn't tell I'm you about so this excited. one. I knew you'd like it. All right. Uh, number one is the. Oh, oh, <laughs> Dude, I was about to say it, but I didn't want to say it. All right. I'm just going to say it. My number one is the Flyer Stadium Series jersey from 2019. That is my favorite jersey of all time. My second favorite jersey of all time is the Patriots jersey with the red bar over the shoulder. A lot of people don't like it. I love that one. Wait, the color rush one from this year, like the the solid blue with the lines. Yeah, it might be a classic. It looks like more like classic. Like Tom Brady's worn it, right? Like the, recently. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I do like that one. I think they might go yeah. to something like that in their new jerseys. Yeah, that would be sick. I love that red bar on the shoulder. I think it just looks super fresh. Uh, and then I guess my third top jersey would would be the blue and yellow out of the Burts. Uh, I mean, that jersey is sick. So <laughs> the blue and yellow one. Yeah, the they blue and yellow one. Dude, the helmets were terrible. Yeah, they were not good looking helmets at all. But you know, I think it was what was tough too was the pattern, like the material 
the material that those dreads were made out of too. They almost looked like satiny, or like shiny. I, I don't know. That didn't help at all. Like if they had the new Nike material that was a little flatter, they almost looked like they were wearing like, I don't know, like jumpsuits, like satin jumpsuits or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you got? Who, who are your favorites? Uh, off the top of my head, I asked the question, didn't really think too deep into it, but off the top of my head, I, I, hockey sweaters are my fave. Um, and the one that sticks out to me, I just saw recently on Twitter is probably the Arizona Coyotes Kachina jersey. I don't know if you know, you know what I'm talking about, the Kachina jersey. The Aztec the looking one. one. The Aztec looking one with the patterns. Yeah, it's like black and tan. Um, some green elements. That's probably my, one of the one of the best all time. Um, the white Mighty Ducks jersey. The, you know, the, the Mighty Ducks jersey is great. I would say the white one's probably the, the, the better of the two. Um, I'm trying to get out of trying to get out of hockey but they're all just too good to be true uh and i'll I'll split the other two that are like my favorite classic hockey jerseys the north stars and the whalers are two just timeless jerseys too the green north stars and the um and probably the green harford whalers jersey too just two timeless ones um if i had like a sick basement where i wanted like four jerseys hanging up those you know, no numbers or players or anything. Those might be the four. Mm-hmm. You know what else is a sick jersey, man? I'm I'm actually a big fan of this modern design. You know that I, I love that modern look, uh, which is why partially all the jer- two of the three jerseys I picked were, you know, fairly Fair new, yes, fairly yeah. new. Um, but what I was getting at was, dude, the the L.A. Kings Stadium Series jerseys this year were sick too. The white yes. and black. Yes, I did like them too, and the helmet was the chrome helmet. Hmm. I don't know what it is with hockey, man. I just think they can do a lot more with their jerseys. Yeah, yeah I think they can do a lot more with the fronts uh, compared to baseball and football, especially. Um, Ooh, you got me thinking. New York Yankees pinstripes, dude. It uh, That is timeless. There's a ton of timeless ones. You know, out of all the Phillies jerseys, too, I really like the, um, obviously, the powder blues. But I do like their alternate one they used to wear, this the Sunday day game one they used to wear with the blue it was like the cream jersey, you know, it was mm, cream, mm-hmm. the, the stripe on the side, not pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of jumping around here, but maybe we'll put out some kind of poll or something with, with our favorites or maybe have people comment or something and see what their what their favorite jersey of all time is. Throw up a couple of the tops ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, folks chatting. Uh, continue on with the NFL talk. Another team just got new jerseys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are currently shopping O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, their uh, tight end. Uh, I heard a rumor actually recently today about the Panthers possibly being in play. But this story is not out because of O.J. Howard. This story is on the list because of another tight end who could fill the void in Tampa Bay, a reason that they are shopping him currently, and that's Rob Gronkowski, none other than the WrestleMania champion. The the current reigning WWE (laughs) champ, dude. Yo, this this could happen, but there's a couple scenarios that are going to happen. Yeah, yeah yep. a couple scenarios that are lingering, and I think the primary one is the fact that he's still under contract with New England at, the, at this current point in time. Correct, correct. So, uh, actually, uh, Timmy Duke, now known as Stimmy, Stimmy, Stimulus Check Duke, he uh, gave us a point that he, Gronk has to be cut and or traded by the Patriots if he wants to come back in the league. So, again, I don't know if there's any way that he can lobby that he wants to come back, needs to be cut, waived, whatever it may be, and if his only re- you know only team that will come back for is the Buccaneers, I'm not I'm not sure. Wow. 
I, dude, I don't know. Is it, is he one of those guys? So obviously this is a little bit of a relation here, kind of a stretch, but the NCAA made exceptions for certain players. And I believe wasn't it Joe Burrow that got one of those exceptions to play at LSU. He didn't have to red shirt. He was able to play right away. I believe don't quote me on that. Yeah. There was a couple quarterbacks where the NCAA made an exception for these guys to play and not have to redshirt and sit out a year after they transferred. I wonder mm, if the same it, thing is going to go for the NFL, you know, like it's just, it's tough to, tough to think about with Gronk, but I would love to see. Yeah. Him right. Like how many years, how many years, like if you're retired for a year, for a season, are you really still a, like owned by that team? I don't, I don't know if you should, but then I guess a lot of players would retire and then be able to leave. Like, you know, the Le'Veon Bell and um, Antonio Brown holdouts or whatnot in Pittsburgh, they could retire, take a year off, and then go anywhere they want. Right, right. It's like taking that redshirt year almost, but you're still owned by that team. Like, it just doesn't really, like... If you take a year off, you should be released. Jimbo just walked in with some PDQ. Oh, you got fries in there, too? And a shake? Jim, you got... You, you, he walks in with a milkshake. He has two milkshakes half drank in the fridge that have been there for a month. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than yours. So, Deeps, the other thing I wanted to get into with the NFL here was Kirk Cousins, man. This guy is ridiculous. He's epitomized himself as the softest guy in the league with one statement. What do you, what do you say, Deeps? Yeah, so with all these rumors and, and things floating around of the restart of all the sports leagues, including the NFL, Kirk Cousins came out saying that if the NFL had to resu- you know, start in the fall with no fans, he actually wouldn't mind it. He said that he wouldn't mind it at all, that it might be kind of a nice change of pace. He doesn't have to hear the fans yelling or booing or screaming, and it would remind him of a Pop Warner high school football game. He doesn't want the, we have all the theatrics. He's like, we're playing the game just to play the game. No fire and smoke and mirrors and things like that. That's what the NFL's about. That's why that you get is paid, literally the NFL. That's what you get paid millions of dollars to do. Like yeah. The only reason you are a better quarterback than... Not the only reason, but one of the reasons that you're an NFL quarterback is that you're supposed to be able to perform in those high-pressure moments when there's 50,000 people screaming down your throat. You're, you're the guy that runs out on the field leading the team through smoke and, fl- and flames, the flyover, the whole not. Like, for you just to want to sit back and, like, nobody wants to watch OTAs. Nobody wants to watch you, you practicing. Nobody does. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What team wants to follow the leader of, of their football team who doesn't even want to play in front of the big crowd, dude? What that's city? what these guys what dream city? about. What city? Yeah. What city wants to follow their quarterback into an empty stadium? You know who I want to root for? I want to root for LeBron James, who said, I will not play. I, I cannot see myself playing without the fans because that's who we do it for. And Kirk Cousins, wet noodle he is. Meh. Yeah. Dude, can you believe that guy got max money when at the time it was max money? He got it, man. That's just a shame. Literally just chokes Monday night football. I feel, I feel bad for, for, for Viking fans. I mean, new stadium, new stadium, new uniforms. Dalvin Cook was one of the best players in the league at one point until he you know blows his knee out. Kirk Cousins, max money, supposed to be the savior. Stephon Diggs, Minnesota Miracle against See You Later. Head over to Buffalo. And now they're talking about trading for Odell Beckham Jr., which I don't know. I don't know how that's going to help things. Probably going to make things worse. If, yep. if, if, if OBJ couldn't play with Eli Manning, just think about OBJ playing with Kirk Cousins. It'd be a disaster. It would be a disaster. That's a good relation, dude. Kirk Cousins is the, the showing emotion version of Eli Manning, dude. Eli Manning didn't show any emotion. He had the stank face all the time. Kirk Cousins shows his emotion. 
but plays like a stank face all the time, dude. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a terrible mix. Although I would be honest with you here, I think it would be pretty sick if OBJ did go to the Vikings, man. I mean, it reminded me of like Randy Moss a little bit uh, when he was with the Vikings for a quick stint. Um, I don't know, man. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, you know, it might work as a replacement for truly for Stefan Diggs. I mean, they did set, they did get in return a first, fifth, and sixth round pick. Um, and a fourth rounder in 2021. So they do have the assets, I think, to send over to Cleveland for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and really the reason that he, you know, the trade happens because he was unhappy. Um, so if, you know, OBJ ends up becoming unhappy in Cleveland, maybe he wants a new situation, um, it could it could be the fit. So, Devin, other pretty big sports news. I mean, the, the football talk this week was actually pretty fun. Uh, enjoy all the talk about the jerseys and the Chargers. Dude, I'm hoping the Chargers have sick ones. But, dude, another sports news, uh, the MLB, man. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this any further. Potentially coming back, America's game on America's birthday. Are you kidding me? I was actually watching a Zoom call with um, two sports business kind of um, sports business, I don't know, analysts, writers from um, actually SBJ, the Sports Business Journal. And they were talking about another restart possibility after Dr. Fauci kind of talked recently saying that we could see the baseball possibly restart in July. Um, you're getting that from other leagues at this point, the PGA Tour, the UFC, um, that July could possibly be the date. There's talks of the new opening day to be the 4th of July for Major League Baseball, which kind of gave me chills to think about. I mean, America's pastime on America's birthday, bring America out of a very tough time due to the coronavirus. It might be just a perfect storm of patriotism and teary eyes, to be honest. You know what's coming to my mind when, when you say all this stuff about America? If they don't make that opening day, whatever it is, dollar dog night, (laughs) <laughs> they, they, they did something wrong. Dude, they would sell out in like two seconds. The problem is I still don't know if there's going to be people there. I still don't know how many people are going to be there. It might look it might look different. It might look different. You might be having dollar dogs at home, which honestly sounds pretty, you know, if we have to watch at home, getting a, getting a 12-pack of Ballpark Franks, 12-pack of beer, doing doing a 9-9 nine and nine race at home. How about that? Hey, let's make it a thing. If they, if they have baseball starting the 4th of July, and we have to stay at home and watch. Whole FPP crew does a nine to nine. Oh, for sure. I think you'll be back up in the Northeast too, won't you? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. yeah. We all do a so, nine to nine. We do a nine to nine from home. That's a lock. That's that's eighty one hot dogs amongst yeah, the team. You, you, you act like that's an issue. Eighty one hot. Eighty one beers. Dude, between and, you, and the beers are supposed to be the big boys. They're supposed to be the big boys too. The stadium yeah. beers. They are between you, me, and Bryce and Piper, dude. I think we could probably destroy eighty-one hot dogs easily, easily, really. We might have to pick up a couple from Jim. Jim and Nate, they eat like birds. We might have to pick up a couple from them, but yeah, a couple wounded, wounded hot dog soldiers. <laughs> sounds disgusting. Yeah, it sounds awful, dude. But yeah, man, that would be so sick. The other thing you mentioned too that would be amazing to me is, I, I mean, obviously you have to do the fighter jet flyover, but dude, I'll oh, tell you what, sure. man, I was at Lincoln Financial Field two seasons ago and they did a refueler flyover one of those big refueler tankers like shake the stadium type like yes massive yes, <laughs> yes. so the fl- the fighter jets are sick because they go right over top but the f- the fueler man that thing They're takes its the time for 15 seconds yeah dude i mean from start Other- to finish you can hear it from miles away 
other than the flyovers too, another cool thing that's going to be part. I mean, you know that they're going to have probably a coronavirus survivor out there on the first pitch, and they're probably going to have a health, you know, frontline worker out there as well. In some regard, maybe they're holding, they're all holding the flag. I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be a tear jerking festival. But if they can aim, like, there's no reason to bring baseball back July 12th if you can't bring it back July 4th. Like, let's aim for July 4th. There's no reason to, you know, what's 10 days in the grand scheme of thing? Not much. Not much. July 4th today. Uh, kind of on a roller coaster here, some sad, sad, not just a sad thought that I've had. You know, we've been kind of, we talked about it recently on the podcast in the past, like, I don't know, five, ten episodes. Um, Alex Ovechkin from the Washington Capitals has been really the only horse in the race to chase Wayne Gretzky for the leading goal scorer of all time race. Um, he was kind of on pace here. He'd have to play for a while. Again, we talked about John Butchergross from ESPN, who's brought this up on his Twitter and kind of kept us all updated that, you know, Ovi would have to score probably 40 goals through, you know, the next, I don't know, he'd probably have to play until he was like 45 or something. Um, but one thing that I thought through this was, damn, this kind of hurts. This kind of hurts him chasing Wayne Gretzky for the, you know, they've already been off, uh, what, two months now. Um, if this season can't resume in full, he's already losing games. Now the Capitals will make the playoffs. Um, so he'll have some games there, but in terms of regular season games, he's missing out on possibly, you know, they got through what 68. So he'd be losing out on a dozen. I mean, the guys scored like 14 goals in seven games this season already. Like he could have a, a big chunk of goals there. So hurts his chances of be, uh, chasing Wayne Gretzky. Cool thing coming out of this is the two are scheduled to play in a couple of weeks an NHL 20 game against each other. Really? Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. I don't know how good he is on the sticks. I'm sure Ovi plays. I've seen videos of him playing with his kid. But, uh, yeah, they're going to play like a live broadcast at NHL 20 game against each other. Yeah, you know, as bad as I probably want to love that, Dave's after what ESPN pulled on us with this horse tournament, man, I was texting you the whole time. I was watching it. I tuned it in, dude. I said, I want to love this. I, I want to love this. With all my heart. With all my yeah. heart. You just yeah. can't. So I don't know. The, the 2K stuff that NBA did wasn't that bad. I think this will be cool, especially if they get these guys chatting a lot. Um, and it's probably over closed. You know, it's inside. It's over closed circuits. They have, you know, their wired connections. So it should be a little bit better. But, dude, to go back to the horse thing, I watched two games, I think. One or two. I, I don't think I get to two. I watched Trey Young versus Chauncey Billups. Miserable. Miserable. Trey Young had his hood up. You couldn't even tell who it was. <laughs> you couldn't even tell who it was. Like one of like the biggest faces, young faces in the NBA right now. Couldn't even tell who it was because he had his hood up. He wasn't wearing like anything that signified what team he was with. Uh, and then he was filming, I think, through a calculator. He was like FaceTiming through an iPod Touch or something. Uh, <laughs> the connection was going in and out. You couldn't really hear him. I think even Chauncey at one point was like, what's going on? Um, they tried the same shot several times. They were missing left and right. I don't think... I don't think Trey Young's net was regulation. Like there were so many factors. Chauncey <laughs> had like a full, nice half court, like fence around it, huge, like one of those like Goliath nets. And I'm pretty sure Trey Young had like one of the basketball hoops. He put the sand in the back of it, or like the water in the back. Like I don't know. It was just it was like Chauncey would make a shot. Chauncey had one like two times I saw that was like a corner three, but like a corner three that was like out of bounds. You know, like go all the way in the corner and then step back diagonally, like three more steps. Yep. Trey Young was doing it from the grass. Like it was just a whack event, and the yeah. connection didn't make it that much better. 
Um, they had uh, I forget who was commentating. He was commentating through you know from his bedroom. It looked like uh, it, it was yeah. just. Yeah, dude, he had the, the guy who was like the moderator of it all had two jerseys behind him hung up on hangers on the wall. Did you see that? I thought the same yeah. thing, man. I'm like, yo, no, yeah. nobody's judging your Zoom call, like what kind of crib you have behind you. But like, man, you're an ex-basketball player that's on ESPN all the time, and you have two NBA jerseys hanging up on hangers on your wall. <laughs> like, they're not framed and or signed. Like, I don't even know if those jerseys had significance to them. They might have even just been like, Dick Sporting Goods pickups. I don't even think they were signed or anything. Like it just it was kind of weird. Yeah, the Sports Authority blowout sale. <laughs> J- J- jerseys, Seriously. Man. Seriously, like his favorite team when he was a kid growing up or something. I don't know. But like my college my like my college apartment I hung up my jerseys a little bit better than that. Like they're yeah. literally on a wire hanger. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, I guess last piece of, of basketball news, and I think we're all excited for dude, it's gonna be the most watched thing in recent days. I, I, it has to be, right? No sports on TV. Since Tiger um, King. Since Tiger King, the MJ documentary. Michael Jordan documentary is starting on Sunday, April 19th. Um, they have a schedule. I think it's like two episodes a Sunday. So it's going to be like two plus hours of us watching this every Sunday until mid-May. Um, and this is the first one. I'm excited mostly because we never got to see him play. We never got to see Jordan play. We've always had the Jordan-LeBron debate. And most of us, I feel like, have sided with LeBron because we've seen him. Well, now this will give us a deeper look into Jordan and kind of his career, you know, step by step. Funny enough, he came out saying, I don't know if you saw, he came out saying that most people are going to think I'm a a jerk after you watch this. And like, yeah, we kind of knew that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone's news. Yeah, (laughs) Deves. You know, you know, when I saw this announcement that a documentary was coming out from Michael Jordan, first thing that comes to my mind is, wow, I can't wait for the LeBron James one to come out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like oh good idea we should do that for the for for the other guy the real good yeah yeah i hope i hope it paints some light on on his i mean like it paints some light on his career like i see twitter beef going back and forth all the time just talking about you know if jordan d- didn't have you know pippen the other guys he was with like would he be the same and i don't i don't know i guess we're gonna find out man it's gonna, gonna be exciting find- to watch Oh, you know what else, Steve's real quick? Uh, you know, we're touching on all the major sports. Let's just touch the PGA for a minute, PGA Tour, sure. and talk about the Masters recap last week, man. I was glued to the 2019, the 05, and oh, yeah, that's the thing I want to talk about. The 2019 Masters had at least 20 guys all within two shots of the lead at one point on the final round in the final day. And it like names and like names, all names. Bubba Watson was up there. Phil was up there. DJ? Uh, Dustin Johnson came in fourth, dude. He tied yeah. for fourth with yep. Brooks Kepka or second Kepka, or whatever. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 Um, they were all right there. Fran Molinari, by the way, I know you're not a Molinari fan. I love Molinari, dude. I think he's just, dude, he's steady Eddie, man. Really? He's, he's locked in. Dude, he's Fran Molinari is so steady, Eddie. He never, I believe at one point he had 14 one putts at the Masters. 14 one putts, dude. That is insane. The average, call the, I don't know what the average is, but call the average two putts a hole. On nine holes, you're having at least 18 putts, at least for any of us. For any of us. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For us. This guy had 14 one putts. That means more than more than nine holes, <laughs> more than half his round. He landed on the green and putted in once and got out of there. 
How and that's crazy not saying that? like he was that close to the pin every time too. Like his greens and regulation were probably. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Does that say that he? Well, he was leading, so he was up there, so he probably was doing. But, but his greens and regulation. These putts could be anywhere from inches to right. And I know what you mean. You're like, you're like, did he hit the green and then get birdie, or did he hit the green not in regulation get par? Right. Or, or yeah. I'm saying like, did he did he hit his wet iron shot in green side chip really close one putt? That's what I'm getting at. Right. 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 Yeah. And he did do that. Absolutely, he did that. But saves. I mean, one putts for par is huge. It's still phenomenal. It's so it's so yeah. amazing. Uh yeah, I'm still not the biggest fan. I'm a, a pretty big villain hater when it comes to when it comes to golf and I don't know anybody that's that's competing for a Tiger. Um Tiger's comeback the 2019 Masters kind of doesn't make yeah. my list. Just doesn't really yeah. make my list. But yeah. man, we were, we were we were marble racing that night. Is that what we were doing that night? Yeah. Had to take a break. Had to take a break from marble racing. Jim and I were were I think like hands at our head just watching the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um Pretty pretty magical that they had those reruns going all week. Yo, so right before they showed, so I watched the whole final round that day from morning until like six o'clock at night or whenever it was. It was sick. Uh, I was laying in bed. I was a degenerate that day, man. I didn't do anything. But it's quarantine. Yeah, it's quarantine, right? So right before they showed it, early on that day in the morning, it was his caddy's documentary. For those of you who don't know, Tiger Woods's caddy was formerly Fred Couples' caddy. And Tiger Woods, one of his professional golf idols, is Fred Couples. And for putting, that is the reason. Putting is the reason that Tiger Woods idolizes Fred Couples. He says he's the best lag putter in the game. What I'm eventually getting at here is Fred Couples' caddy, when Fred Couples won the Masters back in the day, took the 18th hole pin. This is why I texted you about the flag. He took the 18th hole pin and walked off with it from Augusta. And they, the security stopped him, and they were like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm taking this. And, and they were like, no, you're not. He's like, all right, well, you're going to have to take it out of my hands then. And then the security guard's like, all right, dude, like you can have it. So he did the same thing for Tiger Woods when Tiger won the, the 2019 Masters. So he's got Fred Couples' Augusta flag, like the whole the whole pin flag, and a, and a Fred Couples one from way back, I think it was in the 90s, maybe early 2000s. Um, and he said, yeah, man, these, these are going to the grave with me. He's like, when I die, he's like, I don't even know if my kids are getting these. Like, <laughs> That's insane. That's yeah. insane. I did yeah. not hear awesome that story. story. Awesome story. So I guess for Nader D's, I, I, we should probably round it out this, this week. Right? You think? Should give him a, give yeah, him a closing? We should, we should probably round it out, yeah. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in for episode 34. Thanks for helping us feed the front line. Uh, it's been amazing. Our, our, our charity donations, um, we've stopped accepting donations, but um, we will still be providing food and keeping you guys updated and posted on where we're uh, distributing meals to frontline workers. Again, can't appreciate, can't express our appreciation enough for you guys. Um, thank you um, from the bottom of all our hearts. Thank you very much, listeners, followers, and those of you who follow us on the brand on Facebook and Instagram and all over social media. We can't do this without you guys. So thanks for episode 34, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Nader, you should have a better time with this one. Dude, that was a f***ing good pod, man. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was 180 degrees from last week. Did a full one.